0: All right, let's open our Bibles now again to Genesis chapter 32. Hope you noticed in the bulletin, we've got the dates and speakers scheduled for our conference coming up in March. Hope you'll be in, in much prayer about that, this upcoming meeting. I'm very excited to, to get to hear what the Lord gives these three men for us to hear. All right, I've titled the message this morning, What is Your Name? Now, the scene here in in Genesis 32, Jacob is finally coming back home years after he had stolen the birthright from Esau. As he's coming, first thing he hears is Esau's coming to meet him with 400 men, and Jacob is afraid. He's afraid Esau would kill him, and if Esau did kill him, who could blame him, right? I mean, this, this has not been a good relationship. So Jacob sent a, a parade of people, his family and servants, just this whole parade ahead of him, each group bringing different gifts to Esau. He was hoping, hoping that these gifts would soften Esau up so that Esau wouldn't kill him when he finally got there. Now Jacob sent his whole family ahead of him to meet Esau first. You know, if Esau's going to kill somebody, well first he sent the servants and then he sent the concubines and their children, and then he sent you know, the, the less appreciated wife and her children. You know, if, if Esau's going to kill somebody, maybe he'll kill them first, and his thirst for blood will be you know, finished by the time I get there. Ain't that cowardly? That's just cowardly. You know? what, what a, that's just not a, a husband, a leader whatsoever. But since Jacob has sent everybody on, now he's left alone. They've all crossed the river, gone to meet Esau. He, he's left alone. In verse 24, And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now, after Jacob sent everybody ahead, Jacob is in the best possible place he could be. He's alone with God. That's the best place for any of us to be. To be left alone with God. I try, very consciously, to do that with you. To preach Christ to you. And leave you alone with God. And what I mean by that is preach Christ to you and then not try to get you to do anything. We just preach Christ and wait and see if the Lord will do something for you. My prayer really is not you'll do something for God, but that God will do something for you. So we preach the gospel to you and leave you alone with God. Because if God's ever going to do anything for you, you're going to have to be like Jacob was here. You're going to have to be alone with God. Because that's the way God deals with sinners. One on one alone with God, just like he did Jacob here. And I know this man who came and wrestled with Jacob is a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ our Savior. I know it's Christ because only God could bless a man like he blessed Jacob. Only God could give him a new name like that. And second, when this whole ordeal is over, Jacob recognized, I've seen God face to face. I've seen God's face and, and lived. So he called the the name of that place where he wrestled with God, Peniel. The name means facing God. Jacob said, I've seen God here in this place face to face. So he wrestled with, with God. Now let me tell you what's going on here in this verse. There was a physical wrestling match going on here. Our Lord Jesus came and he physically laid hold on Jacob and began to wrestle with him. Jacob laid hold upon the Lord and began to wrestle with him. They grabbed one another. I mean, can you get the, the vision of that in your mind? You know, these these two men and, and the way the, the words are there, it, like as they wrestled, it means like kicking up dust. They were just wrestling with each other and turning and spinning and kicking up dust. I mean, it, it was a it was a battle going on. If you just were there, you just came around the corner and happened to see these two men wrestling, there's a whole lot more going on there than meets the eye. Look over, if you would, at Hosea chapter 12. Hosea is right after the book of Daniel. Hosea chapter 12. There's a spiritual wrestling match going on here too. And the way we know that is what the Lord moved Hosea to write. In Hosea chapter 12. If you have the authorized version, that's page 1134. Hosea chapter 12 verse 2. The Lord also hath also a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doings will he recompense him. And he took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. Now, there is no way Jacob could physically pin the Lord down. You know, that's what you do when you try to wrestle somebody, try to pin them down, don't you? There is no way Jacob did that. No way whatsoever. There's no man is any match for the Lord. Remember, that mob came to take our Lord. All he had to say is, I am. They all fell, fell over backwards, you know. Jacob's weapons in this wrestling match were tears and begging what Hosea calls weeping and supplication. Jacob didn't prevail over the Lord in his strength. He prevailed with the Lord by his weakness. He prevailed with the Lord because the Lord heard Jacob's begging. He heard his cries for help. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when you think of this story, I think of Jacob wrestling with the Lord. But you notice that's not what it says here. It says in our text that there came a man. I'm in the wrong place. That there came a man and wrestled with Jacob. Wrestled with him. There's a big difference in Jacob wrestling with the man. And the man wrestling with Jacob. The Lord came and wrestled with Jacob. And I know this. Jacob could not put up much of a fight. You know, when you, you wrestle with somebody, you, you grab a hold of them and you try to pin them to the ground against their will. You try to pin them on, on their back and pin them against their will. Well, the Lord came and wrestled with Jacob. And I'm just sure of this. It didn't take all night for the Lord to pin him. I bet you he pinned Jacob quickly. I'll tell you what took all night is the weeping and the begging. That's what took all night, the supplication and the tears. When the Lord pinned Jacob, that's what took all night. It didn't take the Lord long to pin Jacob at all. And the Lord pinned Jacob. It's not a comfortable situation to find yourself in, you know, pinned to the ground. But the Lord did that to Jacob for his own good. See, before the Lord could do anything for Jacob, Jacob had to learn his utter weakness and helplessness before the Lord. And the Lord pinned him to teach him that. Jacob had to be brought to the end of his abilities and be shut up to Christ before we'd have this this tears, weeping, and supplication. The Lord had to put Jacob down so Jacob knew he was conquered. See, for anything else could be done, the Lord had to subdue Jacob. Jacob had to see how needy he was and how dependent he was on the Lord before the Lord's grace would mean anything to him. And that's what the Lord does with all of us. The Lord's not going to use anybody. The Lord's not going to bless anybody until we're broken and we're subdued. We've got to be broken. The Lord's just not going to use anybody when, when we're on our high horse. We've got to learn how dependent we are on the Lord. And the way the Lord teaches us that is pinning us. So we see I can't move, I can't wriggle, I can't do anything. I'm completely helpless before the Lord. We can't be of any use at all in God's kingdom until we learn our weakness. See, I'm only strong when I'm weak. When I'm weak, then am I strong. The only way I have any strength is realize I don't have any strength of my own, and I rely on Christ. I rely on his strength. The job's going to get done, not by my power, not by my intelligence, not by my scheming. I'm I'm a good friend, Jacob. I'm a schemer. You know, I come up with all these plans. I want to make this work, you know. Not by my power. Not by my scheming. It's by the Lord's power. And by the Lord's will. And I've got to learn that. The Lord pinned Jacob. So Jacob learned he's helpless. And he willingly surrendered. He willingly. He wasn't just, you know, pinned against his will. He willingly surrendered to God. Once he surrendered... The only thing he can do is hang on to Christ. That's all he's left with. All I can do. Jacob was not winning this wrestling match. The Lord said, Oh, you, you know, you, you got to let me go because you're winning the, the wrestling match. The Lord said, Let me go because Jacob refused to let go. He's hanging on for dear life. You see that? It's not like he's winning the, the battle. He's hang He's subdued. He's conquered. He's hanging on to Christ for dear life. That's what's happened here, verse 25. And when he, when the Lord saw he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And, you know, that had to hurt. I mean, that had to hurt, didn't it? He didn't let go of the Lord to grab a hold of that hurt hip. He kept hanging on to Christ. In verse 25, he said, let me go the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Now that's Jacob just hanging on to the Lord for dear life. He's got no other hope. He's got nothing else. He's just hanging on to Christ for dear life. And if Lord ever saves you and me, he's going to do the same thing with us. He's going to pin us. He's going to bring us to the end of ourselves so that we hang on to Christ and Christ alone. That we see I've got to have Christ. Else I die. That we just won't let go of him. And you know there's no shortcuts. To to this process of being made dependent on Christ this way. The Lord's going to do it. In his own time. In his own way. Through through the preaching of the gospel. But he's going to bring us to the place. Where we see our helplessness. And say I've got to have Christ. I don't care what else I lose. I'm not letting go of Christ. I'm not letting go. And you know. Jacob prevailed. Here with the Lord. By his weeping. By his supplication. By him refusing to let go. Isn't that a mighty good lesson to you and me? I tell you cry out to God. And when he doesn't answer the first time. Because he seldom does. Keep crying. Don't quit crying. Beg God for mercy and forgiveness. And don't quit begging. See that's how you'll prevail with the Lord. You know somebody won't quit begging. They don't have any resources of their own. It's not like well I'm going to beg here. You know after a few minutes I don't get something. I mean it's really okay. I've got plenty you know stored up for my own self. The person that begs and keeps begging and keeps begging and keeps begging has nothing but Christ. And if you've got nothing but Christ you need nothing but Christ. It's Because you're a helpless sinner. That's the person that will prevail with God. You're not going to prevail with God because of your strength. You prevail with God because of your weakness. If you need Christ, you keep begging. God will hear you. But here's something else. Before the Lord acts in mercy and grace, there's going to be a confession of our sin. I'm going to see the Lord's going to pin me. I'm going to see my weakness, my helplessness... But there's also going to be a confession of sin. And that's what happened, verse 27. And he, the Lord Jesus, said unto Jacob, What's your name? And he said, Jacob. Now, the Lord knew what Jacob's given name is. You know, the Lord never asked questions for his own information. The Lord knew Jacob's name before Isaac and Rebekah knew his name. <laughs> the Lord knew his name from the foundation of the world. And the Lord loved Jacob. From all of eternity. So he knows Jacob's name. But before the Lord reveals himself to Jacob, before he gives mercy and grace to Jacob, there's got to be a confession. And Scripture doesn't say this, but I just wonder when the Lord said, What's your name? if Jacob didn't Jacob. Like he hated to admit it. But I gotta say it. It's it's true. There's got to be a confession. Before God's merciful to me, there's got to be a confession of who and what I am. I'm the sinner. It's not like I'm a sinner. No, I'm the sinner. I'm the sinner. I commit sin because I'm the sinner. I am sin. I was shaping in iniquity. I can't be anything but a sinner. So everything I do, everything I say, everything I think, everything I want to do, it's sin. And by nature, I'm offensive. I'm offensive to God. And I deserve for Him to damn me. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve for the Son of God to pay my sin debt with His blood. I don't deserve for the Son of God to die in my place. What I deserve is for God to destroy me because that's what my sin deserves. And that's just exactly what Jacob is admitting about himself when he said, My name's Jacob. He admits, I'm a cheat. I'm a supplanter. I'm a schemer. I deal with people dishonestly. As a matter of fact, I'd rather do business dishonestly with somebody than honestly. I mean, Jacob's just dishonest with everybody he meets. That's my name. And that's who I am. That's who I am. See, who I am, that's worse than what I've done. See, I do what I do because of who I am. Who I am, that's worse than than what I've done. When I say that's my name, I'm admitting my shame. All right. That's my introduction. Now I got two points. Two points on the name of a believer. What's your name? I want you to know that this morning when you leave here. What's your name? And your name is your character. What's your name? Well, number one, what's my name? My name's Jacob. My name is sin. My name is shame. My name is failure. My name is rebellion. My name's Jacob. Now, if the Lord's going to save you and me, like I said earlier, he's going to come and wrestle with us. And he's going to pin us, just like he did Jacob. Before we can ever taste of God's mercy and grace and forgiveness, we're going to have to confess who we are and confess our need. Confess our need of Christ. See, when Jacob finally admitted, my name's Jacob, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting right down to the brass tacks of the problem. When Jacob said, my name's Jacob, there's nothing honorable in that. You know, I tell our, our young people, this is good advice to you now, pay attention to me, Take care of your name. And what I mean by that is this. When people hear your name, what do they think about you? Do they think you're dishonest like Jacob? Do they think you're a cheat like Jacob? Or do they think, here's an honest person. Here's a, here's a kind person. Here, here's a person you can trust. I can trust this person. Take care of your name. I mean, when somebody hears my name, I don't want them to, to, to think all these bad things. You know, it's a... Um, not so Jacob. When he said his name, he's admitting there's nothing honorable about me. Everything associated with my name is shame. Jacob admitted that to the Lord. He said, my name's Jacob. What he's saying is I'm shameful. I'm shameful. If the Lord's ever going to save you and me, he's going to have to teach us the same thing. We're shameful. I mean, shameful. Oh, we're so shameful, we won't admit our sin. (laughs) We're so shameful, we won't admit our nakedness and our shame and our rebellion. We won't admit it. We've been caught red-handed, and we won't admit it. The Lord's made it as obvious as the noonday sun, and we won't admit it. So the Lord's going to have to pin us, isn't he? So that we admit. He's got to teach us our helplessness. He's got to teach us we need God's mercy, because I can't do it myself. I can't earn anything from God. We've got to admit before God, my name's Adam. I'm just like my father, Adam. I'm wanting to be God. i want to make the rules. I want to take God off the throne so I can make the rules. My name's Jacob. My first name is sin. And my last name's iniquity. That's what I am. That's who I am. And I do wickedly because I'm full of iniquity. There's just nothing honorable in what I've done for who I am. I'm worthless, I'm helpless, I'm vile. That's what I am. And there's no reason on this earth that God would not destroy me. There's nothing about me that would make God look at me and say, wasn't that good? Isn't that sweet? I, I think I'll do something else. There's nothing but shame. Everything about me is shameful. That's what a sinner is. A sinner, not somebody who just broke the rules. I mean, you know, I, I really didn't mean to, you know. I, I didn't know, you know, that that was a rule. I'll, I'll tell him, Charlie. He told me this. He said, I, I think sometimes I've not been a very good patient. I did something I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do. David had to tell me, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Well... Debbie can just be, you know, that's Charlie. It's, you know, he's sweet. He's my husband. You know, it's okay. She doesn't, you know. I can't tell God. Well, I didn't know. I didn't mean to. No, I meant to. I meant to. And I knew everything associated with me is shameful. That's what this this matter of sin is. A, it's a shameful thing. Shameful thing. Has God taught you that? Is your name Jacob? By nature, now, is your name Jacob? I said some pretty ugly things about you just now, didn't I? About me, about us, by nature. But if God's taught you Jacob, you know it's a good thing. God is the God of Jacob. God saves Jacob. He teaches everybody, everybody he saves. and teaches them their Jacob, God saves them. God doesn't teach it. Now everybody by nature is Jacob. We're all sinful. We're all saying we we all deserve God's damnation. But God doesn't teach that to everybody. The Lord didn't go wrestle with Esau, did he? He left Esau alone. He left Esau thinking he's a pretty good fellow. The Lord came wrestle with Jacob and taught Jacob his helpfulness, taught Jacob his sinfulness, and that's why God saves him. See, the Lord humbles us he makes us realize my name is Jacob. My name is sin. And that make me cry out to God. Tears and supplication. Begging him for mercy. The Lord will bless us. When the Lord finally teaches us my name is Jacob. I mean that's a better thing to learn. That's a better thing to admit isn't it? But all when he teaches us my name's Jacob. The Lord getting ready to do something for us. Getting ready to be merciful. He's getting ready to be gracious. He's getting ready to forgive our sins. The Lord, when he teaches us our name's Jacob, that's when he's getting ready to bless us. That's when he's getting ready to bless us. And it's not because of what I've done. It's because of what he's done and who he is. Oh, if the Lord ever teaches us, you and me, our name's Jacob. He's getting ready to do something for us, just like he did Jacob. So what's my name by nature? My name's Jacob. Sin and shame. But here's the second thing. Talk to believers now. What's your name in Christ? I know what your name is by nature. It's Jacob. What's your name in Christ? Your name's Israel, prince with God, son and daughter of God. Verse 28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Oh, you're a prince of God, you're a son and daughter of God. Who has more power with their parents than a child, than a child? We, uh, Jan and I, have been up in in Lexington helping Clark and Savannah do some some work. Clark had started. We're going to go up again this evening. A bunch of the work is, is done. And uh, so we said, well, we'll just wait and go up Monday. We we won't go up today. We'll sleep in our own bed tonight. We'll go up Monday. And Holly tells her mama, but I want you to come to our Super Bowl party and, and watch the Super Bowl with us. Guess where Frank and Janet are going. Just power. Child. Asking their parent for something. Yes, we'll do it. The Lord changed Jacob's name. Now he's the son of God. And a new, and he gave him a new nature. A new nature needs a new name, doesn't it? The new nature that God caused to be born in Jacob, <laughs> that deserves a name a whole lot better than Jacob, doesn't it? He named him Israel. A prince with God. The, the name, I, I read this, literally means God prevails. God prevails. See, so we've got to get this out of our head that Jacob, by his own strength, prevailed with God. <laughs> Jacob didn't prevail with God because God's strong. You know why Jacob prevailed with God? Because God prevails. God prevails. God the Father prevailed over Jacob, over his sin, over his rebellion, over his deadness, over his lost estate by making Jacob his in divine election. Jacob didn't have a choice in the matter. God prevailed over him, didn't he? God prevailed over all of Jacob's sin. By putting his sin away by, with the blood of his son, God prevailed over his sin. Jacob couldn't anybody his sin, but God did. God prevailed over it. And God, the Holy Spirit prevailed over Jacob's sinful, deceitful nature, not by changing his nature, by giving him a new one, by giving him a new, holy, righteous nature in the new birth. The only way Jacob could prevail with God is by faith in Christ. And Jacob, try as he might, could not conjure up that faith, could he? But God prevailed, and God gave him faith. God gave him faith in Christ that enabled him to prevail with God. Now, if you and I want to prevail with God, tell you what we should do. Come to God by faith. By faith in Christ. Come to God pleading the merits of Christ. Don't come to God pleading your merits. Say, well, I mean, you know, I'm doing better than most. Don't come to God pleading your merits. Come to God pleading the merits of Christ. If you plead the merit of Christ, the righteousness, the obedience of Christ, you'll prevail with God because God accepts his righteousness. Come to God trusting Christ as your all. Now, if you try to add something to it, you're going to ruin it and you won't be accepted. But if you come to God completely naked, naked of everything that you've done, Everything that you think you've done that could please God and you trust Christ as your all, you'll prevail with God. God's going to accept his son. He can accept him. Come to God trusting Christ, trusting his blood is all it takes to wash you white as snow. Not with any help from you, just the blood of Christ. If you come pleading nothing but the blood of Christ, you'll be accepted. That's how you prevail, you'll be washed white as snow. Come to God pleading nothing but Christ. And you'll be accepted. You'll prevail with God because the Father loves the Son. Isn't that special? Oh, something, isn't it? And let me give you this now. If you can't come to God in faith. Say, well, Frank, you tell me come to God in faith, but I don't have that faith. If you can't come to God in faith, come to God for faith. Faith is the gift of God. It's a gift. He gives it freely to his people. Why wouldn't he give it to you? Why don't you come ask him? If you can't come to God in faith, come to God for faith, asking God to give you faith in Christ. That's how you prevail with God, coming to him as a beggar, without any strength of your own. Come to God for faith. Ask him for mercy. Ask him to give you a new heart. That's what he did for Jacob. Now here's the thing about a, a believer. There's two natures in a believer. We looked at this a week or two ago. Those two opposite natures, they're always going to war and fight with each other. Well, Jacob, bless his heart, he's still Jacob. <laughs> but Jacob's Israel too. He's Jacob and he's Israel. That's a picture of the two natures that's in every believer. And you know, the rest of his life, Jacob limped on that leg. The Lord touched him in the hollow of his thigh, took his thigh out of leg bone, out of joint. And Jacob limped the rest of his life. But Israel walked with God. If the Lord saves us, we're going to limp the rest of our lives. This flesh, this this sinful flesh is going to be unchanged and it's going to cause us to limp the rest of our lives. But we'll also walk with God. Walk with God. and after this meeting Jacob was never the same again I'm saying Jacob was perfect and he started doing everything right because that's not so Jacob still made lots of mistakes in the rest of his life Jacob's going to have a lot of ups and a lot of downs but he's not the same he's not the same his walk has been changed the Lord made him to limp Jacob met the Lord And in all, the Lord was merciful to him. The Lord changed his name. And in all those ups and downs, and all those mistakes that Jacob made the rest of his life, Jacob was not consumed. You know why? The Lord changes not. The Lord changes not. Jacob limped through the rest of his life, making mistake after mistake after mistake. He limped through the rest of his life. But when that time was over, Israel walked straight into the presence of God. And you will too. God saves you. See it's good. It's good to be Jacob isn't it? Because that's who God saves. See God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And I'll tell you what that means. Jacob must be saved. He cannot perish. Because what did God say? All Israel shall be saved. They shall be. And that's what God does for every last one of his life. Jacob met God. God changed him. He met God. Well, he got up in the morning and crossed that river. He wasn't afraid to meet Esau now, was he? No, he met God. And that changed everything. Now I'm going to give you three things in closing. First, look at Isaiah chapter 4. I want to look at the blessing that it is to have our name changed. What God calls us is changed in Christ. I believe these will, will be a blessing and encouragement to you. Take them back out with you as you go back out in the world this week. Isaiah chapter 4, and verse 3. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion, and he that remaineth in Jerusalem, shall be called holy. Even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. God says he's going to call his people holy. I have to say by nature, my name's sin. My first name's sin. My last name's iniquity. That's what I am. But the Lord calls me holy. The Lord's not calling me something I'm not. You know why the Lord calls his people holy? Because that's what he made them. By the sacrifice of Christ. By the blood of Christ, he's made them to be holy. Israel is holy. Accepted with God. Now look at Isaiah chapter 62. Isaiah 62, verse 3. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah. My delight is in her. And thy land, Beulah. Married, married to the Lord, for the Lord delighteth in thee. In thy land shall be married. Now by nature, my name's forsaken. I've forsaken God, and God should forsake me because of my sin. But my name in Christ is Beulah. Married. Married to God. Married to Christ. The bride of Christ. By nature, my name is, is desolate. Oh, I'm des- desolate of anything good. Desolate of any righteousness. Desolate of anything that God looks for. Desolate of anything that pleases God. But in Christ, my name is Hephzibah. My delight is in her. God delights in you if you're in Christ. If you believe Christ, He delights in you. Delights in you. Now what are you going to go cross the river and meet in the morning? What are you afraid of? Huh? God delights in Oh, what? And then last, look at Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33. Verse 15. In those days and at that time, will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David? and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah said By nature, my name is sin and iniquity. You can call me Adam. You'd be right. You can call me Jacob. You'd be right, because that's what I am. But in Christ... The believer's union with Christ is so real. It's so much you're one with Christ that the Lord calls a sinner like me by the precious name of his son. Jehovah Sidkinu, The Lord, our righteousness. The Lord's not calling you something you're not now. He's not calling you something you're not. He's calling you what he's made you to be. By Christ's sacrifice for you. He hath made him sin for us. That we might be made what? Jehovah's again. The righteousness of God. In him. Can you think of anything more precious. More of a blessing to your soul. Than being called by the name. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ our Savior. That's your name. If you join me. Now I ask you I want you to think about this I'm going to ask you this question I want you to be honest with yourself and I'm going to leave you alone with God and you go to think about this what's your name what's your name now be honest with yourself you know you know if you believe Christ or not you know if you're joined to him or not what's your name alright let's bow together our father how we thank you for this story that's such a precious picture of salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. How we thank you for the new name that you've given to the new nature that you've caused to be born in your people. all oh, by your mercy and by your grace. We know it's all of thee. It's all of the doing and dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all in the application of thy Holy Spirit. And Father, we're thankful it's that way. Father, as bitter as it is for us to learn our utter and complete helplessness. Father, show us how helpless we are. Show us how needy, how completely dependent we are upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and then, Father, would you be pleased to reveal him to us, to give us faith in him, to to be like our brother of old, to cling to Christ and say, I will not let you go because you're my only hope. Father, we ask this for for our sake. Oh, it's for our good. We ask you to be merciful to us. But Father, for thy glory's sake, would you be pleased to be merciful to us this morning? For your glory. Father, these things we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's for his glory. For his sake we pray. Amen. All right, Sean.